It's time for another episode of Going Ultra Season 2, where I review the Ultraman 2019 on Netflix, just released April 1st. This is April 3rd, and I'm doing the third episode. So, uh, <laughs> I figured out an exploit to um, get images of the show, and I decided to do it this time while I was watching on my computer. I took pictures, and I cropped them, and uh, you're going to see them pretty soon, and Here's a, a flipped one. We'll see if uh, Super Riot Productions or Netflix uh, gives me a copyright claim or not, but uh, here we go. So, the first thing we do this episode, pretty much, is meet Edo. Edo is an alien. His race had originally tried to kill Ultraman, and uh, we're, I guess, invading Earth back in, you know, 20 years before the show, and he's the last survivor of the Zetan race of alien species. And he has been working with the Science Patrol, or the SSSP, for the last 20 years, um, trying to maintain peace on Earth, or, well, let me put it this way. Because, well, hold on, I don't want to recap the episode, I just want to review it. So, let me pause real quick, think for a moment, and I'll get back to this. Okay, so maybe I will have to do a little, um, bit of a recap. Uh, for whatever reason, 20 years ago, after Ultraman defeated, um, everybody, maybe the Zetron race, uh... There happened to also be a lot of other alien civilizations out in the universe because uh, there is... Gosh, man, this has been coming up in the news a lot lately. I've heard it... Actually, I've heard Digibro and Tim Pool talk about it. Um, I follow Digibro's stuff on YouTube for his anime discussion and analysis and his rants, too. And I follow Tim Pool uh, for news. Um, anyway, but the two of these guys have both mentioned this thing earlier, which is this paradox that if we do not... if if there is other, you know, if there is alien life in the universe, why haven't we seen it? Yes, we've been trying for years, uh, and we've been failing, but why is it that we're failing? Is it because that we're too unsophisticated? Is it because aliens don't want to be involved with us, which was a hilarious thing in season, um, X-Files season two, or the new X-Files, uh, they did a second season last year in 2018, and that was a thing. Aliens had quarantined us. They they built a big, beautiful wall around Earth because Earthlings are such jerks, and nobody in the universe wants to deal with us. Anyway, um, it's cool that this show addresses that, uh, and one of the things I wanted to say about it is when the thing that came immediately to my mind was this paradox that I don't remember the name of or the title of, and the other thing was... Uh, this show, it really is taking, in the manga before, it took like a very like real politic, or that, that's a bad thing. That's That means you go blow up people who you don't like um, until they do things that you do like, or form a government that you like. Uh, I'm, I'm super, super anti-war, so anyway. Um, that's going to bleed in everything I do, potentially. Uh, but uh, it's like a very realistic look at the world. It's like this is straight sci-fi, which I believe is the roots of Ultraman, uh, and Super Eye Productions with their Ultra Q show, which was like a Japanese uh, um, analog to um, the Rod Sterling show that's being rebooted right now. Not Outer Limits. Oh my gosh. Not Stranger Than Fiction. Twilight Zone. Anyway. This show takes a very science fiction approach and it tries to deal with things realistically. And, you know, the Edo has been working with the Science Patrol and... Uh, 12 years ago, when Bemular made his attack where he destroyed that plane, um, and I don't know why since then he hasn't been too active. Anyway, um, again, I mentioned that last episode, but I don't want to go too much into that. Um, there have been other aliens infiltrating Earth. Uh, apparently they can disguise themselves and look like humans. Um, they've been, like, integrating themselves into society, kind of like sleeper cells, and, uh, like, kind of waiting to attack, and now they're asking 
um, Shinjiro to act as um, as a, a deterrence or a defense force uh, against these alien threats. And uh, it's very possible that, you know, I asked what his dad's been doing this whole time, what Shin Hayate has been doing. It's very possible that he has been acting as that deterrence force uh, in his proto suit because um, it is a prototype of the more finished Ultraman suit that um, Shinjiro has here. And I really... I'm really curious as to why Edo is allied with the Science Patrol now and why he is working to protect Earth and to see that that peace treaty is um, carried out and executed properly and it isn't Mm -hmm. violated. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's like a really interesting idea and I kind of love it. Um, And there's something really neat about this, you know, former enemy of humanity now working with them. I still get a really creepy vibe from him. And it's not just because the way he looks. I almost wonder if, because, you know, Shinjiro was having trouble um, accepting this role. And then there are all these dangerous situations, uh, a traffic incident in particular was the first one that they show here, where he uh, acts heroically as Ultraman, which uh, you can see images of that in the uh, video version of the podcast review. And uh, he... um, I don't know. I almost got the feeling like did Edo somehow use, I don't know, psychic alien powers to orchestrate the accident so so close to them while um, he was doing his training uh, in order to cause him to get the positive reception of being Ultraman and then want to be a hero? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little suspicious and I think it's an interesting subcurrent or more properly said an undercurrent of uh, tension and drama in the show. So... I'll stop going off on off about that, um, off and on about it, and uh, I would just want to say I think it's really awesome that the Science Patrol Museum is a cover for the actual functional Science Patrol that is being utilized by these people right now, and uh, I just think it's cool, and the building looks really awesome too. I don't know if it's Star Wars or what, but something feels really cozy about the fact that um, Shinjiro and Shin are both, you know, Ultraman or whatever, and that he's, you know, like, fighting in his father's stead to protect and defend Earth now. Um, I think it's really interesting the path that Ide is taking to convince him. He isn't um, he isn't really pushing him, but then again, I, I do feel like maybe uh, Ido is, um, or Edo, whatever, I can't remember what they, how they said it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just, I really, I don't know. There's there's still like a lot of mystery and tension. And I think it's really interesting how this is all being executed. And by the way, I feel like this might be collecting a bunch of uh, issues of the manga or chapters of the manga, perhaps, where um, Shinjiro is uh, saving people in different circumstances and then just kind of sandwiching them all together so that we get him uh, going through this trial hero phase that's kind of funny. Um, through this heroic trial phase where he is kind of learning the ropes and learning how to utilize his power and the suit and everything. And um, I don't know. I, I like how it's compressed, if it in fact was compressed uh, from the manga. And if the manga itself compressed it, then I say, uh, you know, my hat's off. Uh, I'm tipping my hat that I'm not wearing right now to the uh, the author or to the mangaka for the show or for uh, that Ultraman show series. Now, I don't have my facts straight, so maybe in the text post that'll go along with the uh, show notes for this episode on my blog, mjmonios.com, um, I'm going to look into, or maybe I will look into the links between Iron Man and um, and Ultraman, because I heard that Iron Man would like the 
thing on his, the middle of his chest is inspired by Ultraman with the thing on his chest. And the screen grab I'm showing in the video version shows him from the back, so you can't see the, the circle, but you know it's there. If you uh, if you watch the show or if you're into Ultraman, you know even more so. Um, but, like, what is the link between Iron Man and Ultraman? Did he copy it? Or did, you know, is Iron Man a little bit of an Ultraman copy? I don't know. There was some cross-pollination between Marvel and Tokusatsu back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, Ultraman's even older than that. It's from the 60s. Um, is it 67 is, is the original Ultraman? I don't remember. Um, but, uh, or maybe it's just the design of this Ultraman with the over-armor is very reminiscent of the Iron Man armor that was designed, I think, by the Israeli guy um, who they took, uh, like, his illustrations and made them into the Iron Man suit in the movie um, back in 2000-whatever that was. Um, gosh. Anyway, I think it's really interesting... Uh, and I think that's something to talk about, but that really has nothing to do with the show. Sorry for getting off on that tangent. Um, I'll try to veer back into uh, what I was trying to say, which is I like the the effect of this arc. Um, in the video version, you're going to see a little clip of him doing something super heroic, uh, saving that uh, guy in the van who'd crashed. Um, and it's just, it looks so cool, and it's, it's so very heroic. And, um, like, it's kind of... Uh, I, one could argue that it's ham-fisted, but I think the way it was handled where it was cut so quickly um and he goes through those paces and then you have the thing where um moriboshi uh is taking point on this incident where i guess the science patrol has like their own little defense force with these guys in armor and their guns and stuff they're dealing with a threat of this alien who i don't it, there's like all these bodies around him in this warehouse and he's eating them i don't know if he abducted you know 10 people at a time and ate them or if he there's like this is his nesting place so to speak um even though an alien is less like an animal and more like a species or a you know even more advanced human and uh, you wouldn't call you know a human's place a nesting place anyway kind of weird um it <laughs> this show is might make me think uh differently about aliens and uh one of the things that reminds me of is the fact that Moroshi tells him to eliminate the threat and Shinjiro kind of says, like, well, well, what do you mean? You, you want me to kill it? And Moroshi is saying, like, of course I want you to kill it. Like, you're so weak and you have no will and you're just such a fool. I can't believe, you know, we're having this discussion. And um, so he basically gives him a really hard time. And Moroshi has an archetype of this very severe character. Um, I almost wonder if he'll get a suit at some point down the line and... Uh, I don't know, become like a rival to Shinjiro somehow, even though he doesn't have the, you know, the blood or the Ultraman genes. Um, but I don't know, there's something about like that archetypes, uh, that character setup um, that I like that he offers a foil to the protagonist. And uh, it's interesting, I had mentioned last episode that I was a little bit worried about how badly um, Shinjiro had wanted to defeat Bemular, and he's like, I want to pulverize you, destroy you, whatever. And I was thinking, like, oh no, what about this kid's morals and, and his ethics, and where's he going to go with that? But when, um, when, uh, Moroshi tells him to eliminate the alien, he calls it, like, scum or filth or something like that. So, you know, totally xenophobic. Um, and Shinjiro, um doesn't like that and he ends up uh like jumping up onto the roof of the warehouse to go infiltrate it and uh, and take out the uh the threat however he's going to he makes a comment that the subs and the dub i didn't really read what he was saying like oh like that guy had a lot of attitude but was he saying like how dare he speak about aliens like that they're also life forms uh just like us you know advanced life forms or was he just saying like oh how dare he tell me um i couldn't really read it but it's interesting because like I was getting to, Moroshi seems to um, represent that like hateful, spiteful um, 
aspect of Shinjiro's character and if he's going to be heroic, if he's going to be uh, the straight man, so to speak, or just like purely heroic and noble and good, um, then it is interesting to explore the darker side, the other side of that, um, possibly through more Oshi who wants to be more violent and more protectionist or it's hard to say or hard to articulate exactly what I'm saying, but I like the uh, the character drama that's getting set up um, just by these the involvement of or the addition of more Oshi to the cast. Unfortunately, the show, the episode, uh, kind of ends on a cliffhanger, but before it ends, we get to see the alien that's killing all these people with a proboscis-like thing coming off of its face injected into a man's mouth, and this man has blood on his shirt and on his chin and neck and stuff, and he is making the most disgusting, repulsive uh, slurping sounds while he is eating and killing him. And the sight of this um, enrages Shinjiro, and uh, Shinjiro begins to, uh, you know, he screams and he begins to run at the alien, and then it cuts. So we'll have to see what happens next time. But um, that's pretty intense. So, you know, great episode. Uh, Let me think about this for a moment. This story seems like it's trying to be a bunch of things all at once, which I like. Like It's trying to be realistic with how aliens would interact with humanity. Um, it's trying to be a hero story that is uh, grounded. Um, but, you know, Shinjiro is still a noble individual. He's a noble character who wants to do good and do right. And then you have the, you know, dark side of that represented by more Oshi and then Shinjiro's rage here, which we got a sneak peek of uh, when he first transformed in... Uh, and then fought Bemular, um, or in preparation to fight Bemular, and then uh, we get to see here when this alien is doing something truly horrific and disgusting, and, you know, I don't know if they need to put him in, you know, space jail, or if he needs to be killed, or what the moral thing is, but uh, I kind of think the show is going to uh, wrestle with that question, and I love that. Um, It's exciting to me. Doing these reviews daily is both great for me and frustrating. It's frustrating because I want to watch them all, but I don't have the time anyway, so it's, it's great for me because it makes it fit into my schedule more. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to let... Uh, I'm, I'm going to take care of the show. It might take me three weeks, you know, five five days, five days, and then two days um, to do it because I'll probably take the weekends off, but we'll see. But uh, man, I'm really enjoying this show so far. It's got a great hook. Uh, the aesthetic's good. The action is good. Um, gosh, I... I don't know. The characterization is good, too. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, I love... Uh, it seems to be like a complex story, and um, and I really am enjoying it. I had a lot to say this time, but it's uh, time for me to get out of here. Um, yeah, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, go ahead and like, share, subscribe if you're not already. Ring that notification bell so you can get the rest of these reviews. And I also have reviews of Kamen Rider and uh, other Ultraman stuff from Super Eye Pro and um, a little bit of Super... Well, no no Super Sentai just yet. Um, but I've, co- comic, I've got comic reviews too and uh, so much more. You can look at uh, mjmunoz.com, follow along, support me uh, through coffee. I'd appreciate that. It's uh, coffee.com slash mjmunoz. And that's all. Toodles.